extra extra you can read all about it but let my boy pl tell you about it extra point yeah yeah extra point extra point yeah yeah extra point welcome 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 to a brand new live edition of the extra point show your host mr pl culture coming to you live and direct on fishbowl radio network as i do each and every friday from 11 to 1 that's a.m to p.m getting you to and through your lunch break on a beautiful friday afternoon early morning afternoon here in arlington texas here at globe life park make sure you log into fbrn.us today and keep it here your boy batting lead off in studio c got a great slate of programming Coming up today on Fishbowl Radio Network. So make sure you head up to FBRN.us. Leave it there all day. You ain't got to touch it. Not one area time. Glad to have you on board today. It's payday. It's Friday, y'all. Throw your debit cards in the air if you got your money this week. If you didn't get your money this week, hey, you're six feet above ground. If you're listening to this show, you got some power on. You got some Wi-Fi somewhere. You got a phone. Or a listening device. If you're still alive, that means God's still working on it. Hang on in there. Your day of deliverance is near. Now, we have a jam-packed show today. We're going to touch on just about all four of the major sports, including a little bit of college uh, throughout the next two hours. Um, Last week, I started off handing out a couple of awards a couple of new not-so-prestigious awards, the SYADs, the Sit-Your-Ass-Down Award, was handed out to a couple of, of members last week, one being Johnny Manziel, the other being uh, NFL cornerbacks DeAndre Baker and Quentin Dunbar. Now, if you didn't get to, to listen to last week, that's okay. It's on podcast, on Spotify. On Anchor, you can catch it here at Fishbowl Radio Network. There's plenty of streaming devices, ways to catch your boy. But last week, they got the SYAD Awards. And if you're not familiar with what that means, it just simply means sit your ass down. Right on over there. Just sit down. We see you. Stop cutting up. Basically what that means. So last week, you know, we uncovered the story. It was hot off the press that DeAndre Baker and Quentin Dunbar were uh, wanted in connection to an armed robbery um, attempt to where both had semi-automatic weapons. They were in Florida, I believe. They're both from Miami, but they were somewhere in Florida. And they had lost a substantial amount of money on a uh, gambling. I believe it was dice. Either it was dice or it was cards. But they lost about $70,000, decided they wanted their money back, allegedly, and went back and strong-armed the guest of the home, to which I thought was utterly ridiculous, considering the fact that they didn't disguise themselves in the least bit and drove luxury automobiles (laughs) as getaway cars. There were several witnesses that made statements um, when we hit the air last week. I want to give an update on that in the interest of fairness because this is fair journalism right here on the Extra Point Show. So to update, both players, DeAndre Baker and Quentin Dunbar, have since turned themselves into the police and been released on bail. Um, both have pleaded not guilty. 
For DeAndre Baker, uh, he pleads not guilty to eight charges related to uh, the alleged armed robbery. And Quentin Dunbar has also pleaded not guilty to four armed robbery charges. Uh, this was on Tuesday afternoon. Now, in the coming weeks, the state's attorney's office will decide whether to go forward with the trial in each NFL player's case. The burden of proof falls on the state, which saw four of its victims recant their story to police in sworn affidavits less than 36 hours after the event. And this is coming from Cameron Wolf, ESPN staff writer. He covers the Miami Dolphins for ESPN. Covered the Tennessee Titans two years ago. He's a good brother, good writer. I trust him as a source. Um, and so now we're looking at a situation where did this really happen? Why are all of the witnesses suddenly changing their statements um, to say the complete opposite of what they told the police? Initially, the prosecutor's office is miffed by this. I'm thinking of Greg Hardy. <laughs> Y'all remember Greg Hardy when he slammed his old lady down on that futon full of rifles? And after he was uh, originally acquitted by, I mean, um, charged guilty by a, a, a judge in, in one of those cases with no jury, he uh, appealed to the appellate court and to, to have a, you know, an appeal in, in front of a, a jury of his peers, and the lady mysteriously didn't show up for that, and so he was let go, scot-free. Could this be something of the like? I mean, if you come into to my place of business or into my house or, or if I'm at my friend's house and you bust in with semi-automatic weapons and you snatch my watch and my chain and my wallet and you don't have a mask on so you know that I saw you <laughs> do it, I don't know how much I'm going to want to cooperate. Nope. Because, uh, they, you know, these are NFL players. They got that I-can-touch-you money. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know about this. This was cute at first, but uh, now the drinks done wore off, and I'm, I'm thinking about my safety. Now, hopefully for these two brothers that, you know, something was mixed up and they were wrongly accused. These are alleged activities. I'm going to give these brothers the benefit of the doubt. And my SYAD was in reaction to the news that broke. Like, I could not believe that two people would be that stupid. Hopefully they are not that stupid. So we will see. We will see how that uh, continues to play out. But I thought that was pretty interesting that, you know, a handful of witnesses recanted their statements. Like, is there witness intimidation going on? Um, I don't know. Hopefully this all works out best. Thank God no one was seriously injured in the fray. But just because, you know, this one is in limbo, that doesn't mean that, that the SYAD awards will be put on the shelf. Oh, no. There are two more worthy candidates to start today's show. <laughs> and the first one is you, Chuck E. Cheese. It's you, Chuck E. Cheese. Now, you you and I are about the same age. We're, we're in the same generation, um, per se. Um, and you know as well as I know that the one thing that that we can probably categorically across the, the board agree on is the fact that Chuck E. Cheese is probably the lowest rung of pizza chain as far as quality of pizza in the whole damn country. 
There's a laundry list of pizza places that we will call up before we would ever think to pick up the phone and call uh, Chuck E. Cheese if uh, just for dine, dining purposes, just because we're at home and we're hungry and we want to feed our family. You know, when we were children, it was great because we went to go play with our friends and get the tokens and, and run around and, and get to be wild and free with our little family and friends and, and, and people from school and all of that. That was cool. But you never saw any of the parents there eating that food. You didn't. We barely nibbled on a little bit of it because the parents said, I ain't spent all this money on this pizza for y'all to sit here and let it go to waste. So we take a couple of bites and go run back off to the video games. The reason why I'm bringing up Chuck E. Cheese is because they out here catfishing, y'all. They out here catfishing the public trying to come up with some of that Rona money. <laughs> <laughs> now, it has been uncovered that Chuck E. Cheese has uh, gone on Grubhub and changed their information to Squally's, no, Pasquale's Pizza in an attempt to catfish you into supporting a local pizza business. When instead, it's that nasty, <laughs> it's that nasty Chuck E. Cheese pizza. You so y'all trying to y'all trying to run, run <laughs> y'all trying to, to to put on your own mask <laughs> and 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 jump on Grubhub and change the, the edit the info and having these unsuspecting people order the food because you know good and damn well they wouldn't order no takeout from Chuck E. Cheese. Even in a pandemic. So once this hit the internet, you know, Chuck E. Cheese start backtracking. But how stupid can you really be? I mean, from a from a business standpoint, um You're you're hustling backwards. You're you're betting dollars to gain pennies because you can only pull that stunt once. One lady in Philadelphia uh ordered the pizza from Pasquale's on Grubhub and when the when she got when the pizza got there, she was like, This looks familiar. Like, and then she hit up the driver and asked him, was that uh, Chuck E. Cheese pizza? He was confused, too. He said, well, Chuck E. Cheese was the building, but it had another sign in the window. I don't know. I think it might be. And other people across the country started to notice this as well. What are you doing, Chuck E. Cheese? You're only going to fool them once, and then they're never going to come back. You got to come up on that on that recipe. You got to step it up. You have got to step it up. I'd rather eat a DiGiorno pizza for 30 straight days than to eat a Chuck E. Cheese pizza for one night. Just to be sitting at home eating it? No. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Um. So, y'all, Chuck E. Cheese, please, S-Y-A-D, right on over there in the corner. For real. Like, what are you doing? Um, and it looks like we have a caller here. Let's, let's, let's see who we have hitting a PL today. Caller, you're on the line with the Extra Point with PL Culture. Who is this? This is YF Dizzy from FBRN.US. What's going on, YF? This is my man, Mr. David Hernandez, host of the YF, the Young Fiend Show here Saturday nights. At 7 o'clock p.m. Central Time here at Fishbowl Radio Network. 
This brother right here is up and coming. I'm glad he called into the show. What's on your mind, my man? Man, I was listening to the show, and I couldn't let you continue with that blasphemy, man, with Chuck E. Cheese Pizza. What? Uh, yeah, you? man, that, that thing is bomb. I know they take the extras and put it together and make a new pizza, but it's better than DiGiorno for sure. You eat Chuck E. Cheese Pizza. Is that correct? I mean, if I'm if I'm at Chuck E. Cheese, I'm going to eat the pizza. No, if you're at Chuck E. Cheese, but if you're at home, let's say I, we work together now. Now, we see each other quite often, and I have never yeah. heard you talk about I'm going to Chuck E. Cheese pizza after work. <laughs> I mean, who does that? That makes no sense. I would go to Little Caesars or something. You have a two-year-old. A one-year-old, I do. right? Right. A, a, a beautiful baby boy. Have you taken him to Chuck E. Cheese? Mm -hmm. I have not. I don't think he's old enough yet. Okay, so when he's... To, like, really, you know, play the games and everything. Right, and when you used to go as a child, was your did your lovely mother, was she sitting there eating that pizza? What was that? When your mother took you as a child, was you sitting there eating that pizza? Was she there eating the pizza? I was. I ate, I ate, right, right. The I ate, like, too, because they had the deal. You know, you get 50 tokens with two pizzas. Right. Man, that was the deal. <laughs> that was the deal. But I'm saying, did you see your, your mom or your aunts or uncles? Did you see them eating, or was it just you and your cousins and your friends? Uh, you do make a point. They never even touched that pizza. They not touching that pizza. <laughs> they not, not touching that pizza. And the thing is, do you uh, Chuck E. Cheese if if that's what you do? But how you gonna change your uh, name to Pasquale's? That's like us going to, trying to order some KFC and it's really Williams that done catfished us. We thinking we ordering one thing yeah, and yeah. something else shows up. That I, that's all I'm saying. Why are you catfishing us? Just tell us you Chuck E. Cheese and yeah, let us make I, that determination. Yeah, my mom be hitting that salad bar extra hard. <laughs> now, the salad bar is okay. We'll, we'll, we rock with the salad bar. Yeah. Now, now while I got you on the line, you got my audience right here. Uh, tell us what's going on with uh, your show on Saturday. On the show on Saturday, we got a guest, a rapper named Drowsy. We got some topics. We're going to talk about, you know, some stuff, play some good music, 2000s hip-hop, and, you know, we're going to rock out. And rock out. Man. They do, my man. YF, I almost called you your government name, but I'm gonna I'm gonna raise that up off the radio. Uh, <laughs> thank you for calling. Thank you for listening. We will be we meaning the extra point family. We will be checking you out on Saturday night. All right, Mr. PL, continue the good work. I'm listening in. All right, shouts out to my man YF, the Young Fiend Show. This is a talented kid. Um, I call him a kid because he's the kid here around here at Fishbowl, but uh, he's up and coming. He's a, a a fascinating and talented young radio host. He has a world of information. I don't know how at such a young age, and he does play the bangers. So um, shouts out to him for calling in. And um, we got another uh, SYAD award recipient, and that real quick is, is Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, we need you to SYA all the way D over there. Like, like, sit down somewhere. You're starting to become an annoying troll on social media. And here's what, what happened last week. Last week, the NFL on Fox posted an Instagram question. Now, you know sports is out right now, so there's a bunch of hypotheticals that be going on, right? Right. So, so um, there was a question asked that what which would be tougher, A, to make a catch while being guarded by Stephon Gilmore, former defensive player of the year, star cornerback for the New England Patriots, or would it be um, B, break up a pass while guarding Michael Thomas? Well, Devontae Parker is a, a receiver for the uh, Miami Dolphins. 
My, you know, he was just answer. He just said, "Hey, he didn't tag Michael in it. He didn't. He he wasn't coming at Michael, but he's a Miami Dolphins wide receiver who plays against Stephon Gilmore twice a year. Stephon Gilmore shut him out the first time they met last season before he had his breakout game in the rematch. So of course he's going to show homage to to Gilmore because he's a receiver. He said it'll be tougher to catch a pass guarded by Stephon Gilmore. Shouting out Gilmore." Well, Michael Thomas jumps in and gets all in his feelings, and he's telling Parker in the comments, uh, for you, yes, go run some numbers up, then you can talk. I lapped you, and you've been in the league longer than me, first rounder. Parker was like, kind of miffed and responded, um, got some hard feelings there, brother? Uh, you know, just like, okay, well, what's wrong with you? And then Thomas continued on his rants, like, in other words, man, you weak. They don't even put your name in the same sentence as mine. Remember that? And you're still not going to do nothing. It took you six years and 17 weeks to have a good game. G-T-F-O-H. Blame your parents. Not no QB. Don't bring, brought his mom and daddy into it. Michael Thomas. Okay, let's strip all of this down and, and, and speed this up to why he needs to S-Y-A-D. We get it, Michael Thomas. You've been a monster ever since you've come in the league. And... Last year, you was the offensive player of the year. You you broke a record for receiving uh, catches and all of that stuff. But truth be told, with all of that being said and, and with all of your on-field exploits, you can walk into Fishbowl Radio today at any time of day and no one's going to recognize you. Not even me. And I host a radio show about sports. You, Michael Thomas can go maskless throughout the DFW. Nobody's going to recognize who he is. And I believe that frustrates him because in his heart, he's putting up better numbers than a Odell Beckham Jr., than a um, uh, uh, Julio Jones, than a DeAndre Hopkins. But we all know those faces. <laughs> You're never going to be OBJ, Michael Thomas. You're not. You don't have his celebrity swag. You're not going. You're not Julio Jones. Like people ain't checking for you like that, bro. You having a you had a, a great run so far and nobody cares and nobody knows. And so you continue to pick fights with people on, on Instagram like it's their fault. It ain't Devontae Parker's fault. We don't know who you are. <laughs> Fantasy football geeks respect you because you help them win their leagues. But that's about it. So like stop it. This is like the fourth or fifth time he's gotten into it. Uh, since the Rona lockdown with somebody trying to spark his name into the trending uh, side of the Twitter page. It's not happening. <laughs> Sit down, Michael Thomas. <laughs> you, you're not going to come up during the Rona. <laughs> Just keep putting up your numbers and get your paper. My goodness gracious. This cat is becoming so annoying. Um, so, y'all, they need to S-Y-A-D. Sit their ass down. For this week, got a lot of stuff on tap today. I'm going to get into um, some NFL, NFC East in our number two. We're going to talk plenty of basketball. We're going to talk some uh, football. I have a couple of candidates that need to shut the hell up, and they are both very uh, deserving. Um, so we got a lot coming up, but, but uh, coming up next, the last dance is finally over. And I have five major takeaways from the 10-hour blockbuster 30 for 30. I'll tell you what those takeaways are after a little throwback Buster Rhymes. 
It's the extra point. Nine, seven. Bust on bust. Hatch. Check it out. Hit you with no delaying, so what you saying, yo? Uh. Silly with your ice, grilly with the dilly, yo. What? When I be on the mic, it's I do my duty, yo. While up in the club, like we while in the studio. Uh. You know when the violin, they be really and truly, yo. My uh. main thug, villain ain't Julio, he moody, yo. What? Type of brother that'll slap you with the Tulio. Wow. Real shut, scared to death, act studio. Uh. X that, look at shorty, she a little cutie, yo. The way she shake it, make me wanna get all in the booty, yo. Top mistress of the banging misses and videos. Uh. While I'm with my freak, like we up in the freak shows. Nah. Hit you with the shit, make you Feel it all in your toes. Hatch, got all my people in red clothes. Tell them I'm at the force when I formulate my flows. If you don't know, you're messing with the record player pros. Like, yeah. you wanna party with me? Let me see just what you got for me. Put all your hands with my eyes to see. Straight buck violin in the place to be. If you really wanna party with me, let me see just what you got for me. Put all your hands with my eyes to see. Straight buck violin in the place to be. If you really wanna party with me. Ain't gonna be trust. What? Yo, it's a must that you heard of us. Yo, we murder us. Uh. A lot of people is wondering and they're curious. What? I mean, in my unit, deal with it so mysterious. Furious, all of my people is serious. Uh. Should others be walking around fearing us? What? Front, baby, like you don't wanna be hearing us. Nope. Gotta listen to Harry, he'll be playing us. Uh. 30 times a day, you to make it delirious. What? Damaging everything all up in your area. Yo, it's funny how all the chickens be always serving us. Uh. All up in between the ants, where they wanna carry uh. us. Hit you good, then I hit them off with the alias. What? Various chickens they wanna marry us. Yo, it's flip mode, you stupid, you know we bout to bust. Uh. Seven figure money, the label for paying us. Fight the dust instead of you making the fuss. Uh. People know better, cause they ain't no comparing us. Nope. Mad at us, yes, you know better, we fabulous. Yeah. Hit my people off with the flow, that be marvelous. Uh. Oh, sh- Whole click victorious yeah. Taking no prisoners with us Straight up warriors When I feel it Then I know you be feeling so glorious Then we bless and reminisce On my people notorious If you really wanna party like that Let me see that's what you got for me All your hands with my eyes to see Straight buck violin in the place to be If you really wanna party with me Let me see that's what you got for me Put all your hands with my eyes to see Straight buck violin in the place to be If you really wanna party with me Are back to the extra point show. Your host, Mr. P.L. Coulter, getting you to and through your lunch break. Want to send another shout out to YF Dizzy checking in, calling into the show at the top of the A block. Make sure you all check out his show. Check him out on all your social media platforms. He's a great addition to the Fishbowl family. Very, very proud of him. He's a very entertaining show. And uh, he has some very entertaining guests, so make sure you check him out tomorrow night from 7 to 8. His show gets to have that after dark appeal. You know, I'm, I'm coming in right here in the middle of your work day, so uh, I got to be PG. He gets to be a little more 13-ish with his content and music selection, so it gives you a nice little spinoff, you know, from what you get to do in the daytime. I love that show. The one thing I also loved was the 10-part documentary that we've been talking about for the last month known as the last dance michael jordan's basically his journey through um his you know 
amateur and professional life, which culminated in six championships in eight years. And his final year and years as a Chicago Bull as the dynasty wound down toward the end of the 90s. Uh, great stuff. For those who haven't seen it, um, I hope this segment doesn't uh, uh, spoil anything for you. But, damn, it's time for you to get the, hit the binge button or something. <laughs> That's just too good to pass up. What, what are you doing? What are you waiting on? <laughs> Another wave of the Rona? No, 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 no. We trying to go forward. Ain't no more sheltering in place. We trying to get up out of here. Um, I have five big takeaways from the last dance. Five things that, that really stood out to me. Now, uh, number one, I'm going to lump these two together. You know, there, there was a, someone who came out of this as a huge winner. And subsequently, there was someone who came out of this as a huge loser. The, my huge winner, outside of Michael Jordan, of course, because he, you know, you know, he he came out smelling like arroz. But other than Michael Jordan, who we're going to disqualify from this because that's the obvious answer, I'm going to say it's Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr came out of this thing looking like a champion. Uh, for one, uh, you know. He was one of the few players in the whole documentary that Michael did not shade, that Michael didn't talk bad about, that Michael didn't set up, you know, having that player sit down and say something good about him on camera and then turn around and show a clip in the next episode of Michael <laughs> pushing him down the steps <laughs> with all their books in their hands, like true high school bully style. Uh, Steve Kernan. From what we understand now of the infamous, you know, fight between the two in practice, Steve Kerr swung first. Steve Kerr did what anybody does to a bully. Don't don't wait for them to throw you down to the ground and stomp you where people get their phones out and have you on 30-second fights looking crazy. He swung first. Now, did he get dotted up after that? He did. But, but like anybody who, who's bully, bully-ish, you punch a bully back in the mouth, they're more inclined to respect you. And Michael Jordan even said himself, you know, he had a respect for, for uh, Steve Kerr after that. I thought that it was riveting the, the, the situation that happened with his father and the role that that's played in his political views today. Now it makes a lot more sense why, because I follow him on Twitter. And, you know, he catches a lot of heat for being quote-unquote unpatriotic. But when you, start, when you start to see some of the things that happened to his father whom he was close to like then now you see how how that kind of played into his psyche even today um they showed him making big shot after big shot michael jordan was basically like hey i'm coming to you on this one and, and steve Kerr's like i got you and he delivered like he came out of this looking like <laughs> the little engine that could he really did so if i'm steve kerr i'm running that back the whole family's like oh god they go daddy run he's gonna make us watch this again that's right, son. The popcorn is ready. Have a seat next to Papa Steve. Let me show you what I did back in the 90s. So, shouts out to, to Steve Kerr. The biggest loser out of all of this is going to be Jerry Krause, the general manager for the Chicago Bulls during Michael's tenure there. And not just because he was vilified, like literally vilified as the, the bad guy, the one who broke up the team, the one who didn't want uh, – uh, the head coach back saying you can go 82 and O Phil Jackson and, and you still, we still not bringing you back to, you know, them saying he was cheap that, you know, and he didn't want to pay anybody. And 
I thought that, that he got beat up the worst in this, and I thought that he was the biggest loser because he's passed away now. He went on home to glory in 2017, and he didn't have a chance to defend himself. Now, we all know what Mike told him in his Hall of Fame speech. Like, oh, there's Jerry Krause. I don't know who invited him, but I didn't. Mike wasn't joking. He wasn't laughing. He meant that. Another shot to humiliate this man before he passed on, and he did. So, you know, I don't think that he would probably have been invited to be on that documentary. And if he did and spoke his truth, then Michael was just going to get with the producers and clip all that stuff out anyway. So um, I, I just feel like even with that being said, if I'm his son or if I'm his, you know, his brother or, or close friend or family member of his, I'm going to be like, okay, Mike, you held on to this footage for 20 years when the main subject of your ire is no longer here to to uh, defend himself. Then you put this out because even if Krauss wasn't on the the last dance documentary himself, he could have gone on the the the, the national radio tour and gave his side of the story, which I'm you know there's two sides to every story. But he would have been the one with the most incentive to flame Michael Jordan for real, for real. So I just felt like hmm. You know, all these other people, they still kind of scared of Mike. He's been over Mike since, <laughs> I mean, they Jerry Krause didn't bring the coach back knowing that Michael Jordan wasn't coming back either and was like, okay, <laughs> fine, sick of it. <laughs> so we can only imagine what he would have had to tell us behind the scenes that, that Michael couldn't have, you know, chopped up and, and left on the editing room floor. Because he's talking to through his own outlet. Now, I just wish that that would have happened. Um, which brings me to number two. The timing of this documentary. It, 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 I'm continuing to look at this thing like, why now? What's going on now? As I, as I started thinking about Jerry Krause, I was like, well, obviously he didn't kill Jerry Krause. Um and, you know, how did he couldn't look into a crystal ball and know that Jerry Krause was going to pass away in 2017. But this footage is, you know, 20 years old. So why are you putting this out now? And I started lining up the timeline of when we first started hearing about this. And if you think about it, this this was premiering. The, the, the commercials for this was appearing last year during the finals in the summertime. When Golden State was going for, an, you know, a third straight title. And KD was still there, and KD was still on the team and all that good stuff. And I, they, then we started getting the seeds planted that this was coming out the following year. And think about the timing of that. Now, going into – now, now Michael Jordan couldn't have known this, but think about if this was his forward thinking. Golden State had just broke his, his record of most wins in a, in a season when they went 73-9. and nine. They didn't win the title. That was the king that took them down. But they were on the verge of, of doing something that Chicago never did, and that's when four in a row potentially. So if you think about it, if not for the injuries to Clay and, and KD last year, which nobody could have predicted prior to that, they win that series. That's three in a row. They're coming back this year. Nobody could have predicted Rona would have, would have disbanded the year. But they could have potentially been going for their fourth ring in a row, something Michael Jordan never did. So out of nowhere, here comes the magic, I mean, the Jordan documentary to remind everybody who's still the GOAT 
because there's a new dynasty in town. I think it had much more to do with that than it had to do with Jerry Krause. Like, and even more than LeBron James, because I feel like he feels in his mind that, that James with the three and nine finals can't catch him. But Golden State as a team with KD, we didn't think KD would, would leave Golden State before the injury and all of that. We thought, okay, well, they're going to win about four or five in a row. Something Mike never did to, to where there's a new king of the hill as far as greatest team of all time. And so I, I, I think Mike's time, and oh, okay, now let's put this out there. I don't want these millennials to to forget about me. <laughs> I ain't mad at you for doing that, Mike. But you they come to find out you really didn't even have to do that because the Warriors broke up and Kawhi won the title. Um, number three, my third biggest takeaway from this documentary was Scotty, Pippen, and Horace Grant, you played yourselves. You played yourselves. Now, now since the documentary is, is done, these two players, former teammates of Michael Jordan, both both you know won multiple championships with the Bulls with Mike. They're going on the warpath, you know, saying how they felt that they were um, depicted in a in an unfavorable light throughout this entire uh, documentary, and they feel pressed about it. They feel some kind of way about it. Horace Grant actually went on the radio in Chicago and threatened uh, 57-year-old Michael Jordan to a fist fight. Now, y'all know good and well, <laughs> Michael Jordan and them seashell-colored eyes of his ain't, ain't in no position to be fighting nobody. He's got a dad body now. He's got the, 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 the liquor belly. Like Horace Grant, you had 20 years to, to do this too. You had a chance to write your own book. You had a chance to, to, to tell your story. And for you, Horace Grant, really, you can shut the hell up. Because the only reason why you got mad was because they said that, that Mike took your porridge on that plane and people got in your inbox and your mentions on social media calling you soft. Michael called you a snitch for the book. People been saying that for 30 years, bro. You had, hadn't cared to recant that until it came out in the last dance. And what? And, and Scottie Pippen, you two, y'all sitting up there laying in the bed with a dog and thinking you're not going to get fleas. Did y'all not watch his, his Hall of Fame speech? He flamed everyone. And whoever didn't catch, catch that heater during, the, the, during uh, his uh, Hall of Fame speech, oh, they got it in this documentary. My boy was was pulling the bed sheets up, shooting up under the bed at everybody. You couldn't even hide under the bed. <laughs> He's snatching people out from under the bed, shooting through closet doors. There was nowhere to run and nowhere to hide when Mike was on his rampage. And y'all know he's like this. If 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 as guarded and, and as slanted as this was in Michael Jordan's favor, if he still came out of this looking petty, then how petty was he really? To a, to a Scottie Pippen and a Horace Grant who saw him every day behind closed doors. Yet, you still agreed to get on this documentary and kiss his behind because what? You knew millions and millions of people was going to watch it. And he set y'all up. <laughs> Here in one scene, you talking about how great of a leader he is, and in the next scene, he calling you a chump. <laughs> or he's just... Passively, aggressively putting out all the worst film of your whole career. It was like a, a blunder reel 
for Scottie Pippen, you think that he was just like <laughs> um, Michael Orwell of Candy or somebody. Like, just a bum. But that's y'all's fault. My fourth takeaway, y'all, he was lying about the, the, the pizza game, the flu game. The, the, the what, what was it? Pizzagate? Y'all, that was a lie. He lied through his teeth. That was a lie. Now, for 30 years, we thought that that was the flu game, like he had some kind of illness. He comes on the documentary the, other, the, the last couple episodes and says, no, um, it was late, and he ordered a pizza from a local pizzeria shop in Salt Lake City, Utah, and the, the people gave him food poisoning. Now, the, the, the way you get caught in the lies to add too many details, he added too many details that just don't make sense. They didn't add up. One, he said it was five people showed up at the door. Like five people are going to have access to get to Michael Jordan's room. Like Michael Jordan is going to use his real name. Like he's going to give out his real hotel number and that people are going to, to be able to walk up there in droves. Second of all, in the second or third episode, they said that you had to have a secret password to get on the elevator. You wouldn't know what floor he's on. You had to go through all of this security. What was the security to let a whole starting five basketball team come deliver one pizza? That was a lie. <laughs> come on now. Come on now. We watched the whole thing, Mike. You didn't think we was going to put. I don't, and, and we know the truth. You was on that yak. You was on them cigars. And then you ate a greasy pizza at 3 in the morning. And they said the reason why you ate it all yourself is because you spit on it. Because you didn't want to share it with nobody. That's what you get. That's why you got sick. Like them other people in there who went and found that pizza wasn't hungry. You couldn't get it one slice, could you? The pizza gods caught up with you on that one, Mike. Stop lying. You're too good for that. Um, but, Mike, Michigan Mike checking in. Love him or hate him, but everyone watched. Set the record for most watched documentary. Is this per episode or is this all of them combined? Yes, it was a great documentary. And let me finish this segment. Michigan Mike checking in. Shouts out to... To Mike, number five, as as I before I was so rudely interrupted uh, <laughs> by Michigan Mike. That's my homie. I can say that. You say that. We tussling. That's the homie. Go blue. But we've been we've been going back and forth about this Mike thing. It's been riveting. But number five, as I as I bring this to a close, my number five, Mike. And honestly speaking, this is right here written down. It lived up to the hype is what I have for number five. You have no faith in me to do the right thing and, say, and, 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 and keep this um, professional. Number five, it lived up to the hype. For them to, to put it for a year, uh, like to, to program this for a year, get everybody's expectations all up, the way that they market, marketed it, you would think that something that was this hyped up would have been a letdown, and it was not. Ten great episodes. Ten great hours of, of TV. I was flying home on Sunday nights to to try to catch as much as I could before I started over, having to wait to get to midnight to get on Twitter because I didn't want nobody to spoil the show for me. I enjoyed every second of the documentary. I did, and and, and that was my my biggest takeaway was the fact that it lived up to the expectations. And with that being said, Jordan fans, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for all of you. 
I'm I'm happy for you, Jordan fans. You got to take a stroll down memory lane. You got to to experience some of the highlights of of, of your times of, as being a Bulls fan or a Michael Jordan fan. It didn't let you down. You you did get some behind the scenes stuff. You you got to 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 get some some behind the scenes access to to his mindset going into some of the most iconic games in the history of the NBA. I get it. You watched all of his adversaries have to grovel and, and, and explain away their ineptitude in beating Mike. Like, like it was your, your, your month to shine. But it's over. You hear that, MJ fans? It's over. The documentary is over, which can only mean one thing. The return of the king. Now, the NBA is on its way back. We're going to get to that at the top of hour number two. But now all the all the focus, all the cameras are going right back where it should be anyway. And that's on the current GOAT, this generation's GOAT, today's king, one LeBron, Ramon James. The king. The king. So so Jordan fans, you had your time, you had your day. You had your moment in the sun. You got to take a stroll down memory lane. You got off all your jokes on Twitter. You did all of your LeBron bashing. But now we're going back to, to regular life. It's current day now. And the king is still sitting atop the throne. And all eyes are going to be on the king. So you let the LeBronites have their moment when basketball resumes. We don't want to hear no more about Michael Jordan. We don't want to hear it. <laughs> Y'all won. Y'all won the whole month of Corona. I'm going to call it the month of Corona. Y'all won the coronavirus. <laughs> you did. Congratulations. But now it's time for the king to return and do his thing. And we're going to need y'all to fall back. Whenever you feel itchy and want to start scratching at the king's robe, just go back and watch your documentaries and realize how great Michael Jordan was. But let these kids have their king. You had your time. Now, coming up next, there's another superstar athlete out there that I think would crush a 10-part uh, 30 for 30 documentary. And no, his name is not LeBron James. I'll tell you who it is after a little throwback, Fat Joe and the Terror Squad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Throw your hands in the air right now, man. Feel this right here. Scott Storch. Yeah, Khaled, I see you. Uh, show big born Lord. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't give a fuck about your folks. I'm mishappens. We from the Bronx, New York. Happens. Kids clapping. Love to spark the place. Have to in the squad, got a scar on their face It's a cold world and this is ice Half a meal for the charm, this is life Got the phantom in front of the building Trinity, yeah Ten years, militant, they still figure me bad As a young, was too much to cope with Why you think, mom, nickname the cook's cup Should've been called on robbery Starship, or maybe grand larceny I did it all, I put the pieces to the puzzle Just long, I knew me and my people was gonna bubble Came out the gate on some flojo Fat with the shotty with the logo kids Said my don't dance, he just pull up my pants And do the rock away Now lean back, lean back, lean back, lean back I said my 
don't dance, we just pull up our pants and do the rock away. Now lean back, lean back, lean back, lean back, come on. To the easy, into the wizard. My arms stay breezy, the dawn stay fizzy. Got a date at eight, I'm in the 745, and I just bought a bike so I can ride till I die with a matching jacket. About to cop me a mansion, my mansion in the club, but you know they not dancing. We gangsta and gangsters don't dance with boogies, so never mind how we got in here with burgers and hoodies. Listen, we don't pay admission, and the bouncers don't check us, and we walk around the metal detectors, and it really ain't a need for a VIP section in the middle with a dance floor, reckless check it, set it. Like my necklace started relaxing now That's what the fuck I call a chain reaction See, money ain't a thing, ain't a thing We still the same, still the flow just changed Now we about to change the game Said my niggas don't dance, we just pull up our pants And do the rock away Now lean back, lean back, lean back, lean back I said my niggas don't dance, we just pull up our pants And do the rock away Now lean back, lean back, lean back, lean back Living better now, coochie sweater now And as you fork can fly through any weather now See, get tight when you're worth some millions That's why I start the chinchilla hurt your feelings You can find your crack it all tight Out of Vegas front row to all the fights If all the born come, then they probably squeal Cause happy rappers that like dirt for real If you cross the line, damn right, I'm gonna hurt you These even made gang signs commercial Even Lil Bow Wow throwing it up Beat the K-Crip walking like that's what's up They <laughs> keep telling me to speak about the rucker Matter of fact, I don't wanna speak about the rucker Now even Pee Wee Kirk, they could imagine this When I didn't have to play to win the championship Don't dance, we just pull up our pants and do the rock away Now lean back, lean back, lean back Lean back, I said my niggas don't dance, we just pull up our pants and do the rock away. Now lean back, lean back, lean back, lean back, come on. Yeah, Bronx, and we are back to the Extra Point Show. Big pun forever. Glad you can be with me on this beautiful Friday afternoon here in Arlington, Texas at <clears throat> Globe Life Park. Excuse me. Now, <clears throat> before Fat Joe and Remy Ma went off, I was explaining that there's another um, 30 for 30 that I would love to see that I think that would be compelling enough to hold an audience for several episodes. Uh, you know, kind of like the, uh, ex I mean, um, the Last Dance, <clears throat> and it's not LeBron James, if you can believe that. Because let's face it, LeBron is going to need about, he's going to need a month. We're going to have to call it <laughs> the, the last month. We're going to need a whole month of 30-day program, just an episode a night. He's done so much in his 17-year career. And it's going to culminate with him throwing a, a oop to Bronny James in a, in a Lakers uniform. You heard it here first um but no that player is going to be one kevin durant now uh, to, in my opinion my humble opinion there's you know several factors that go into having uh, a, a successful documentary one of course you need a compelling um character it, there needs to be highs and lows there needs to be uh this person needs to be shrouded in some level of mystery so that 
the the behind the scenes things that come to light are what you know drives the show, makes people want to to watch, um, and that it you know it has to have its pinch of pettiness and messiness in it because this is the entertainment business that we're talking about, and Kevin Durant fits all the criteria, plus some. I mean, if you just start out, if you think about his his home life, it's really been shrouded in mystery. I mean, we we all know about uh, Michael Jordan and his upbringing for the most part, but Kevin Durant. We know that he's really, really close with his his mother, Mama Durant, how he called her the real MVP um, at his uh, MVP acceptance speech and all that. But we haven't heard much about Papa Durant and, you know, what their relationship was like, upbringing, things of that nature. Not to psychoanalyze the, the brother, but just to, to see what was going on, how, how he was, how his his ideas were shaped as a kid to either A, push him towards basketball or B, you know, was it, you know, what was his influences? What what drove him to want to play basketball? Number two, he grew up in, in uh, the Maryland area. But he wound up going to a, a basketball, let's say, uh, the, nothing that I would consider to be a basketball powerhouse in Texas. Like, what what drew him to go to Texas to do a one-and-done when you would think that on the East Coast that he had a lot of a lot of suitable contenders for his services that, that are routinely in the Final Four? Or at least if you're going to the big – to the you know the Big Twelve to you can go to Kansas or uh, Oklahoma or Oklahoma State any of those teams it's, I'm just curious to see why he would have chosen uh, Texas um, you know his days in Seattle or getting chose behind uh, Greg Oden the number two he got chose behind a bust uh, just like Jordan got chosen behind a bust in Sam Bowie in '84 uh his transition from Seattle to OKC when that franchise relocated what was what was all that about of course you can do a 10 part documentary on his days in OKC it, itself from the fact that there were three uh former MVPs on that squad i mean yeah on that squad with him and Russell Westbrook and with uh, James Harden they still had Serge Ibaka and had Reggie Jackson had all kind of people on that team what happened how did that team implode uh, what happened with the 3-1 lead that you had over Golden State and then you turned around and joined Golden State? Can we get Draymond to tell us what he said on the on the phone call and why he called you a B.I. after you got there? The whole messy dynamic with him winning two championships in Golden State but still feeling like that, that it didn't fulfill him, how he felt like he was an outsider. Let's peel back the curtains. Let's talk to some folk. What was going on out there in Oaktown? Why wasn't you happy out there? And I'm not saying he should have been happy out there. I'm just one wondering why he wasn't. To winning, you know, to beating LeBron in two straight finals, winning finals MVP, but people still not giving you credit as being better than LeBron or even viewing you on his level when it comes to conversations about the greatest of all time. How does that affect him? Why did he go to Brooklyn? You know what I'm saying? How does he feel about the greatest of all time argument? Is it about rings? And, and what's going on with Burner Gate? Why was you having burner accounts on your Twitter, bro? What were you thinking? Like, such a fascinating character, such a fascinating career, such a talented specimen, a surefire Hall of Famer. You know, I, I think that there's lots in there to unpack, and I think that that would make for a fantastic, fantastic 30 for 30 multi-episode series. In hour number two, we're going to get into some NFL. There's been some rule changes uh, going on there. The NBA as well. Um, I want to get into the NFC East. We're going to do a deep dive into something that disturbed me 
when I when I got to to doing my research. Um, and uh, of course, we're gonna tell two people, two deserving people, to shut the hell up. Got a jam packed hour number two. See you here in just a bit. Well, no smoke with me. Okay. Turn this mom. Hope ain't hundred degree. Whole team eat. Chefs cause she's a treat. Ooh, she's so bougie, bougie. Home never tea. I'm a savage. Had a too nasty. Talk big, big, but my bank account match it. Hood, but I'm classy. Rich, but I'm ratchet. Haters kept my name in their mouth, not a gagging. He say the way that thing move is a movie. I told that boy we gotta keep it lowly, me the room key. How them bled to block and eyes, hot, hot the tune G. I'm mood and I'm moody. I'm a savage. Classy, bougie, ratchet. Sassy, moody, hey, nasty. Hey, yeah. Acting stupid, what was happening? What was happening? I'm a savage. Classy, bougie, ratchet. Sassy, moody, Tick-tock when I dance On that demon time, she might start her OnlyFans Big B and that B stand for bands If you wanna see some real Here's your chance I say left cheek, right cheek Drop it low and swing Texas up in this thing Put you up on this game I be parking my friend Gang, 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 gang If you don't jump to put jeans on Baby, you don't feel my pain Please don't give me hype Write my name in ice Can't argue with these lazy basics I just raise my price I'm a boss, I'm a leader I pull up in my two-seater And my mama was a savage You could got this here from Tina I'm a savage, yeah Classy, bougie, ratchet yeah. Sassy, moody, nasty yeah. Acting stupid, what's happening? What's up? What's happening? What's up? I'm a savage, yeah Classy, bougie, ratchet yeah. Sassy, moody, nasty Acting stupid, what's happening? With the knees, he be like, How that thing moving in the jeans? I even think on L couldn't do it like me, like me.
It's your man, Young Strip, a.k.a. Mr. Las Vegas, and I'm here to tell you right now, if you want extra in life, you got to go the extra mile. Log on to The Extra Point with P.L. Coulter every Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. That's the what? The Extra Point. You get it. You know, like when you're watching football, basketball, baseball, it's all about sports, all about bangers that you're not going to want to miss. That's The Extra Point with your man, P.L. Coulter, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time every Friday, right here on Fishbowl Radio Network inside Globe Life Park. Wow. They call me Big L.A. Big L.A. Big money. Big L.A. When I'm trying in the market, you hear me. I'll be slicing with these bars so you feel me. Let me rip it up for cuz in the back. Let me rip it, get a buzz in your hat. I'ma tell you how to cause an attack. Timberland ladies love on the track. Love me get the ice, pop champagne. Don't forget I used to ride on the train. When I fucking ride, call my
extra extra you could read all about it but let my boy pl tell you about it extra point yeah yeah extra point extra point yeah yeah extra point welcome 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 to our number two of the extra point show your host mr pl coulter man in the captain's chair as i do each and every friday from 11 to 1 that's a.m. to p.m. Getting you to and through your lunch break on a feel-good Friday afternoon here in Arlington, Texas. Sitting here at Globe Life Park, looking out at the empty stadium to my immediate left. Batting leadoff in Studio C. Plenty of good programming coming on after your boy. So log into FBRN.us and leave it there. We got you all weekend. <clears throat> Now, I want to start off our number two with a couple of shouts outs. Shout out to Cameron and McKinney hitting that TikTok over the music break. We see you, buddy. <laughs> You're going to be ready and right when school starts back. Break it down on them. Shouts out to the household household. Thank you all for listening. And 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 why have Dizzy, he's, he's got a problem with, with my last segment, saying... Um, I think if you've never gotten a fade in your entire life, you don't deserve your own docuseries. Leave that man's hair alone. <laughs> Leave that man's hair alone. Everybody don't have the Torres from, uh, from uh, uh, what was that show called? Uh, New York Undercover back in the 90s. See, Dizzy got that, that uh, Torres haircut. One of those pretty Ricky boys. So, you know, we ain't going to let you bully and pick on KD's Kwan knots. And they be knotted, though. <laughs> Ooh, they be knotted. Let me digress. All right. Um, as with society, so goes sports. It's really just an imitation of life. And as I said earlier, coming back on the air, I'm looking out the window to my left to an empty stadium, and um, hopefully that won't be the case for too much longer here in the state of texas we're entering phase two of the um, i guess operation back to normal where a few more uh, business establishments are able to operate i believe now the ones that were opened a week ago can now move up to 50 percent occupancy i believe the stores that have opened now uh now include gyms and uh and places like that so look if you've been going too long without a haircut no ad and no shots at KD, then, you know, go get your barber, go get your barber, favorite barber to hook you up, tighten you up. Uh, ladies, if, if you need that spot treatment, if you tired of them kids, if you tired of, of your husband not cleaning up and you need you a spa day, the spas are open now. You know, get you some hand sanitizer and go get you a spa day. <laughs> get on out of there. Make him pay for it, too. <laughs> but just just everybody, just be careful. Whether you wear masks, whether you don't, I don't care. Corona show don't care because she only want to kill us. <laughs> she don't give a damn about no mask. If you wearing a mask or not, once she get in that respiratory system, she's going for the fatality. And that's real. So let's all remember that when we're out and about and starting to recongregate with each other. Let's all be kind to each other. We don't know what's going on with the person without the mask. We don't know what's going on with the person under the mask. The only thing we do know is that Corona can kill us all if we're not careful. 
And all we want to do is be healthy enough to get things back to normal. Whatever normal is. AP Coulter got her ears on. Shouts out to my mama. Did I, have I ever told y'all that I love my mama? <laughs> y'all heard me say that before? Well, as long as you tune into this show, you're going to hear it. Because I love me some AP Coulter. Love me some Angela Phyllis Coulter. But uh, with the with the states opening back up, um, I believe the last two states on the East Coast were the – I think they were the last two to start back, you know, releasing the shelter-in-place and all. So with that, sports is starting to follow suit, and I'm really excited about that. Um, the NCAA finally did something that, that put a smile on my face after weeks and weeks of frustrating me. Uh, there's, they're now allowing all football and basketball players to uh, be on campus starting June 1st. So here in, in just over a week, uh, next Saturday – the players can start reporting back to campus. I know that Michigan and Ohio State both said that they're going to have their players back. Harbaugh is more leaning towards not playing with any fans. Um, Ohio State is going to try to find a way to turn their 100,000-seat uh, stadium into like a twenty-five to 50,000-seat socially distanced, um, you know, properly done, I guess is the way you could say it. Um, so to allow their fans to socially distance and still have somewhat of a, of a home field advantage. Uh, so that's good. The NBA, they have until June 1st to come up with um, their plan for reentry. Right now, all things are looking, that, uh, looking towards them playing in two separate hubs, one uh, on the East Coast, which is going to be the Eastern Conference teams in Orlando, Florida, and the Western Conference teams will all be hubbed together in Las Vegas, and they will basically do it just like you would see the summer leagues, you know, where all the teams pretty much stay in the same hotel. They'll follow the same quarantine rules or, or, or whatever it is, protocol that you'd have to do, testing, whatnot, to make sure that, that another outbreak doesn't occur in those isolated areas. Um, but it looks like basketball is going to try to go ahead and make their comeback. Um, the uh, uh, NASCAR is already back. The um, NHL. They're looking at a July 6th return, and their return is kind of interesting as well. They're, they're looking at uh, just picking it up with a 2014 uh, playoff. And I believe they have until tonight to vote on that. So by the time I hit the airwaves again, I will have a complete update on that. But it looks like Major League Hockey is going to crown themselves a the champion this year, and they're going to try to start right after the 4th of July. I am very excited about that. That's exciting news. Um like, again, hopefully everything continues to trend forward so that we can continue to, to progress and get things back to as close as to normal as they were before Rona stuck her nose all in our business. It's time for her to S-Y-A-D as well. Can we agree? We get it, Rona. We get it. You bad. You a savage. Okay. I digress. The NFL has come out with uh, a couple of, of rule changes. Uh, one that uh, I just heard really in the last 12 hours, and, and I'm pretty okay with, is the, the fact that uh, they want to do away with the onside kick, which has had an 8% completion rate last year. It's, it's really, since they've done away with the, with the way in which it was done in the past to where you can crowd everybody on one side of the ball and just let it be a free-for-all, since they took that away from the game to try to, to make it uh, less violent, the, the, the percentage of, of getting an onside kick went way down. I mean, it was already at like 15%. It 
Then it went down to like 8% last year. It was just boring to watch. It was anticlimactic. So what they want to do this year is they want if a team is down by multiple scores and instead of doing an onside kick, they can go for a 15-yard play from their own 25. And if they convert the 15-yard play, then, hey, they get to keep marching on down the field. I'm not mad at that. That puts you at at least like the 40. That puts you at about the same starting spot as if you recovered an onside kick. I love that idea. Now, there are some logistics with that. Like, like can you only do that if you're behind? Because if I'm up by one point, instead of squib kicking you the ball, I might, and I might try to drain out the clock by just heaving up a Hail Mary to run the last three, four seconds off the clock. So they got some, some, some ways to, to have to fix that. Because if you're the other team, you can manipulate that well to make sure the team doesn't get the ball back either. But I like where they're going with that. It's, it's a lot more exciting, and I think there will be a lot more fun if they implement that on Madden as well. Because I'm getting, I'm getting bored beating these people down online with the Titans in that run game, I'm just saying. Um, also, with the, there's been a change in the Rooney rule or, or a tweak to the Rooney rule to where before it was um, one minority candidate had to be interviewed uh, for each uh, coaching and uh, each coaching opening, now it's been updated to two outside of your organization for a coaching job or a general manager's job. Um, hey, the more the merrier. If you ask me, I have no problem with that. But what I did have a problem with was was Jim Trotter's uh, his article that he released earlier this week that said that that there were several owners you know, inside of the, the NFL, they were pushing an initiative to, um, to basically to, to be more inclusive in their employment practices when it comes to minorities. And what they're pushing to do is to incentivize, which is a, a fancy word for bribe, they wanted to incentivize owners with draft capital if they were to hire minority coaches and or general managers, people in the front office. Now, right now, as it currently stands, there's 32 teams and there's four minority coaches, three African-American, African-American and Ron Rivera in Washington. Um, in a league, the 79 percent black. Uh, those numbers are 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 embarrassing. Let's just put it that way. It's embarrassing. If you're in the NFL for this to come out like it came out, it's embarrassing. And maybe that was the whole purpose of, of this coming out was to embarrass the owners because. Um, I don't see any way in the world that this would why this would be a good idea for either party, for either side. For one, let's just let's just take it. And I'm speaking as an African-American man. What you what you've in turn done by trying to add an incentive to this with draft capital um, is you you cheapen the you cheapen the, the prospect in, in in regard to that. It's just like the toy that you get in a Happy Meal box. If you want to get the latest. Back in our days, it was like the Muppet glasses, the Muppet baby glasses. If you wanted the Miss Piggy glass, you had to buy a Happy Meal. If you wanted the Kermit the Frog, he's on sale this week. You had to buy a Happy Meal. So, like, if you want to get an extra third-round pick, you got to buy a, 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 a black coach. You're going to have to hire a black GM, like like a throwaway toy in a damn Happy Meal. No. That that cheapens the whole process, uh, and, and it undermines the the the, uh, the knowledge and the aptitude of said African American who probably is qualified but just hadn't gotten the right opportunity. You know good and well that that people around the league that has never seen a certain franchise with an African American coach 
or a member of the front office, if they start piling up, uh, you know, by the truckload for you to get draft picks, people are going to look at that with a side eye. And they're not going to respect you as being hired on your merit. And for that, that's the biggest slap in the face to anybody working any job that you've worked hard to, to uh, put yourself in a position to uh, excel at that level. I just think that's bad. And if you're the owner, it's a lose-lose. Because if you don't do it, you look like you're really racist. And if you do it, you look like you're, you're, it's being disingenuous. Because you're, <laughs> you're doing it because they're, they're enticing you. They're making you do it. They're shaming you into doing it. Now, the NFL is probably owned by 32 owners. 32 different owners with, with that's old and set in their ways, and I don't think that there's a way that you can legislate what's in people's hearts. And I'm not the moral police either. You know, what, like, whatever you do is what you do. I just think that if you're, if you're a white candidate, you're going to feel like that, that reverse discrimination is going on because you may be just as qualified as the African-American, but you don't, you don't come with the, with the Happy Meal prize. Let's see, I can take you or you. Now, you, y'all, y'all's resumes look similar, but you come with a Happy Meal prize. And I get what they're trying to do. I do. But it's got to be some way to meet in the middle. My only thinking is, because they can't be serious about this. They just can't. This just sounds just absolute foolish. My own, only thing that I can think is that somebody leaked this to embarrass the owners. Maybe to put them in front of a camera and make them answer about this. It could have, it could, who knows who could be behind it. Wouldn't it be dope if it was Kaepernick? <laughs> if Kaepernick stirred all this up to get back at the owners, wouldn't that be dope? Wouldn't that be a 30 for 30? Because if you're Jerry Jones, guess what's going to happen on your, um, your State of the Union address on the first day of training camp? They're going to hammer you with questions about this. What are your thoughts about it? And why don't you have the numbers to back it up? And I'm not picking on Jerry. I love Jerry Jones. Pick an owner, any owner, other than the Roonies or other than the Miami Dolphins or the uh, uh, Los Angeles Chargers or the Washington Redskins. You got to answer some questions. And, yes, it's going to paint you in an unfavorable light. In the age of social media, that's just how it's going to go. But owners, you're going to have to answer that. It's uh, <laughs> Somebody got y'all good, owners. Like, what? <laughs> Somebody got y'all good. And where the hell is Jay-Z? Jay-Z, did they consult you about this? Or did you take the check and run? Because surely, Jay-Z, you knew that this couldn't be the good idea, right? Like, was this your idea, Jay-Z? Where is Jay-Z? Isn't he supposed to be the, the, the minority uh, uh, speaker of the house for the NFL? Isn't this supposed to be his job to bridge the gap between the, the NFL and its minority uh, fan base? Where is Jay-Z? <laughs> Jay-Z, where you at, player? Or did you just, again, take the money and run? Probably the latter, while I digress. Oh, boy. Um, coming up next, all four teams in the NFC East 
share a common trait. And it's not a good one. I'll tell you what that trait is. After a little throwback, Jagged Edge and Nelly. It's the extra point. In the club, just show a little love, represent your side like me. Round here, if you stick, you put your heart on. Try shot a couple of them down. Belvedere in the rear of the club, pulled up on dubs. So we about to go and buy the bar up. So, so, for sure, we ain't playing. Hang with no lames. Walk insane. Where the party at? Girls is on the way right up a car. Yes, we do. Models and models talking all of that. Best outfit, just showing that skin, trying to make it on the spit. Where you been, girl? You and your friend, you can come to yeah. the back. We got it locked out. Your white t shirt or a three piece suit, don't matter what you wear, all that matters is who you with. Some jiggy, some straight guy, yeah. all up in the clubs to have a good time. Oh, hey, oh. Uh -huh. Girls is on the way, but up a
And we are back to the Extra Point Show. Uh, before we go any further, I just want to take time to offer my condolences on behalf of the show uh, to the family and friends of former Utah Jazz coach Jerry Sloan. Um, he died this morning due to complications from Parkinson's disease, and uh, he was 78 years old. Uh, for those that watched The Last Dance, he was the coach of the Utah Jazz team in 97 and 98. To fail, that fell to Michael Jordan's Bulls. Um, rest in peace, Coach Sloan. He was an institution of the NBA back when I started watching. And um, 2020, boy, 2020. All right. Now, speaking of 2020, the NFC East, as they head into the 2020 season, all share a common trait. And it really ain't that good of a trait. I wouldn't want to be sharing this trait with no team right now. And that trait is issues, questions, and concerns at the quarterback position. All four teams do. For a myriad of reasons, we will get started <laughs> in Washington. Now, Washington had the second overall pick in this year's draft. They chose Chase Young, defensive end out of uh, Ohio State, arguably one of the best players in college football last year. They went defense instead of going quarterback when last year they finished 32nd in the league in passing at less than 176 yards a game. And, and, and if you're not really all that up on football, 32nd is last. They were dead last in passing last year at less than 176 yards a game. You know how hard it is to not throw for 200 yards in a football game? Wow. My goodness gracious. Case Keenum played in 10 games a disaster. Well, he wasn't too bad. I mean, he was all right. But he's nothing that's going to bring your team out of the doldrums of the bottom of the, the rung of the NFL. He's just not that guy. Dwayne Haskins, a rookie out of Ohio State, who they picked, what, 14th overall last year? Somewhere in that in that regard. He played in nine games last year. Seven TDs, seven interceptions. Okay. But the man was sacked 29 times in nine games. 29 times in nine games, and, and then you throw in another 15 times that Keenum was sacked. <laughs> Damn. No no wonder why they played nine and ten games respectively. Not a sixteen under the GP nowhere. But they got quarterback issues. Why didn't like they didn't address that at all? Really, in, in my opinion. Were you really sold on Dwayne Haskins? Was this really just a situation to where it was poor coaching? Can Ron Rivera really write the ship with this kid? Um they have an aging old running back and and Adrian Peterson, who still has maybe a little bit of tread left on the tire. Darius Geist was supposed to be the man to take over, but he can't stay healthy. I think he's played in less than 10 games in two seasons. He's having knee injuries, ACL injuries. Like, he doesn't miss a week or two. He's he's done for the season when he hits the turf. So, like, offensively, I, I, I just, I don't know. Like, um... Terry McLaurin, I mean, he was good last year. They're going to try to add some pieces to give Dwayne Haskins some 
some weapons to throw to, but nah. At quarterback, you're looking a little shaky, Washington. Like, I don't know how much better y'all think y'all going to get unless you, you just want to run this back as is so you'll have a legitimate chance at uh, another Ohio State quarterback in Justin Fields that are pre-coming out this year or maybe Trevor Lawrence from Clemson or maybe some dark horse that we don't know about. But y'all looking kind of boo-boo at the quarterback position. Now, the New York Giants. Elon Manning is gone now. And Daniel Jones, the first quarterback taken in last year's draft, he played okay. He played all right. He had a, a an 87.7 a rating. He played in 13 games, completed over 61, just under 62% of his passes, threw for 3,027 yards, averaged uh, 254 yards a game, had 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, but here's the problem. He played in 13 games, had 18 turnovers. 18, isn't that what cost uh, Jameis Winston his job as a starting quarterback in this league? Turning the damn ball over? Now, Jones does have the benefit of having a healthy Saquon Barkley, who even last year, in, in just 13 games played, got still squeezed out 1,000 yards. Um, they, 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 they have <laughs> – they picked up an offensive lineman that should help with the, with the protection issues because Daniel Jones was sacked 38 times in 13 games. Losing – I mean, fumbled the ball six times from getting whacked in the backfield. So, like, okay, so the Giants are trying. At least they're trying to address the offensive line. But, ooh. Really? Giants? Well, what you have here, do you are, are, are you confident in Daniel Jones making the leap in year number two? Throwing to people like uh, Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard who can't stay healthy? Tate either. They didn't have one receiver that, that played 16 uh, games last year. And, and Cody Latimer, my goodness, he played the most at 15, and he just caught some weapons charges his damn self. He might not even be on the roster this year. Um, what's going on with the Giants and these players toting guns? Um, so I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm looking – I'm I'm looking at at Daniel Jones, and, and from what I saw last year, I just don't, I just don't see it. You, your backup options are uh, Cooper Rush and uh, Colt McCoy. No, and no, you got Jason Garrett as your offensive coordinator now. So guess what? Y'all gonna try to run the ball with uh, the y'all gonna run the ball for real with Saquon, and I and that's gonna be your recipe for winning because that's his recipe for every everywhere he goes. It's to run, run, run. But I don't know. Eventually, you're going to have to throw that ball. And I'm not sure if Daniel Jones has proven enough to me so far to think that they can even climb out of the basement with Washington. Both of these teams picked in the top five in this year's draft, and I don't see that changing for next year. Not from what I'm seeing at the quarterback position. Now, and I'm, and I'm doing these in level of, of, of severity. Next up is the Eagles. Now, the Eagles have quarterback issues for an entirely different reason. Remember when I came on the air, what, a couple of weeks ago and told you to that 
the the general manager for the Philadelphia Eagles that his his thoughts about drafting Jalen Hurts is something that should make Carson Wentz and his fans do the eyeball emoji um, when 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 the general manager started to allude to um, Jalen Hurts his leadership ability, the fact that he's a proven winner, the fact that he will be an upgrade to the quarterback room. These are all the words that he used upon drafting Jalen Hurts in the second round of this year's draft, all which came as knocks against his current quarterback, Carson Wentz, who um, has had articles written about him from Philly beat reporters that the locker room is not really rocking with him like that, that he's been a diva, that he had his favorites, that he had um, that that he was entitled, uh, and 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 that uh, he wasn't he wasn't trying to hear none of that Nick Foles talk, and that some of the teammates had rallied around Nick Foles for being a better leader. They were winning on the field, and um, and let's face it, Carson Wentz hadn't done anything in the playoffs yet. After you re-upped him, when you didn't have to, you see how they got uh, where they got the Rams with Tar Gurley, didn't you? But. I told you all of that to say be on the lookout because where there's smoke, there's probably some fire somewhere. And then this week, Philadelphia Eagles head coach Doug Peterson goes on record to say that they do indeed plan to use Jalen Hurts in the same fashion that Baltimore used um, Lamar Jackson when he was drafted in the first round and he was still a little rough around the edges and not in full comprehension of the playbook with uh, Joe Flacco as the incumbent starter. You saw how that worked out for Flacco, right? Athleticism is going to wow people every time. You got two quarterbacks, one that can both can throw for a 30-yard touchdown, but one that can run for a 30-yard touchdown. You're going to take the one that can run. Eventually, if the pocket quarterback doesn't separate himself, either physically or as a team leader in the locker room, and Wentz hadn't done that. He hadn't been healthy enough to do that. He's played in one playoff game. Now he was one for four. Well, I think one pass for four yards before he was knocked out of that game. He missed the Super Bowl run. He missed a year after that because he was injured and Foles had to come in and take over. So it, the whole time he's been in the league, he hasn't won a playoff game. He hasn't done anything in the playoffs. And now you, you basically take a, a flyer on a second-round quarterback who you already state that you plan to put into the offense Immediately. Could this tear up their locker room? Could this could this be something that that gets into the psyche of a Carson Wentz, knowing that when those Jalen Hurt packages come in in um in the preseason or early in the season and they work, he throws his first touchdown and Carson Wentz maybe gets dinged up a little bit, gets up a little slow after a sack. How those Philly fans are going to do? These are the same fans that booed Santa Claus, for goodness sakes. They're going to have a short leash with, with Carson Wentz, and I'm wondering how he's going to respond to that. Because, what, what, uh, you know, as a, just as a, a, a fan watching, I love the idea of Hurts getting on the field. I think it can help their offense be a lot more dynamic. Um, it can help them manufacture some yards because they had problems at the wide receiver position last year. It seems that they've addressed that with some of their off-field, um, you know, off-season acquisitions. 
But I'm not. Uh, if I'm Carson Wentz, I'm like, uh, I see the writing on the wall. Y'all trying to send me to Denver, ain't you? <laughs> if Hurts comes in there and, and plays well, they're going to try to get out from under that contract, bro. And for good reason. So, like, Philly, but at the same time, if that happens, then you're probably not going to beat the Cowboys in the NFC East. Because if you have to go to the backup full-time, that means your starter's not getting it done, which means you let some early games go. Because Carson Wentz has, has earned enough respect for you not to yank him after one loss. Like, things will have to, like, come off the rails. And the more that you put this, this rookie in there and the better that he does, the more it's going to split that locker room again just like it did in 2017 and 2018. I just see it that way in Philly. I don't know if that's going to be good for you, Philly. And I hope you got some thick skin down there, Carson Wentz, because all signs point to to <laughs> you getting that, that uh, one-way ticket <laughs> to somewhere, just not here. And last but not least, the Cowboys. Been in the news the last 48 hours, but when are they not in the news? Chris Sims reported that Dallas offered Dak Prescott a five-year, $175 million contract. That's $35 million a year. But said that Dak Prescott turned down the deal because he wants north of $45 million in the last year of his deal. North of $45 million. Not just 45, north of that. So let me, let, me, let me back up a little bit with that and explain that part of it. If, if Dak is asking for north of $45 million in the final year of his contract, it's basically him trying to muscle it back down to a four-year deal because the Cowboys would be foolish to pay $45 million for Dak Prescott in the last year of his deal when that might not even be what it would cost to franchise him on a new deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know about that. I, so so basically, by year four, they would have to make a move on him on whether they're going to cut him or whether they're going to cut him a new, uh, a new uh, deal early because I don't see anybody uh, paying Dak Prescott $45 million north of that in, the, in year five of a deal if he hadn't won two or three Super Bowls. Now, could that happen for Dallas? Maybe. But that's what that was about. And, and second of all, with that, both the Cowboys and Dak Prescott uh, have come out and said that that report by uh, Sims was not true. Now, I'm not telling you who to believe or what to believe, but somebody lying. Somebody leaked that. Somebody leaked that amount. And if it's Dak, it definitely wouldn't behoove you to do that. So, yeah, it was probably the Cowboys that leaked that information out to put some pressure on Dak Prescott. But let's just, let's just keep it real. Even with Dak Prescott going 8-8 eight and eight last year, going 1-6 and six against playoff teams and all that other stuff, you really going to bet the farm on Andy Dalton to take your team to the Super Bowl? Are you? Are you really going to use the championship window that you have right now with Zeke Elliott, with Amari Cooper, all being young enough 
to to kind of like grow into this thing together. You got a young CD Lamb in there now. You got Michael Gallup. Like you have a young core uh, of players. Do you really want to roll the dice with Andy Dalton with that? Do you really trust him with that? Now, I know Andy Dalton is a huge upgrade over Cooper Rush, and I was happy that the Cowboys picked him up. Just in case something happens, that they won't be the worst team in the league. They'll still be a playoff team. But do you put this team ahead of Kansas City with uh, Red Rifle under, under center? Do you put them ahead of Baltimore? Do you put them ahead of the San Francisco 49ers? Hell, do you even put them ahead of Minnesota or Green Bay? With all the weapons that Dallas has and Andy Dalton under center. You really think that's a, that's a championship team? Hell no. No championship team. <laughs> Something's going to have to give. Now, they may be a playoff team, but, 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 but two wrongs don't make a right. Andy Dalton has never won a playoff game, and the Cowboys hadn't won a playoff game uh, like a like of any real substance in 25 years. So I guess they're gonna come together and make a beautiful baby, huh? I don't think so. Y'all better get Dak his money, run that check up, so we can go ahead and, and meet the AFC champion Tennessee Titans in Tampa for this next Super Bowl. I said it. The Titans and them boys in the big dance. Coming up next to close the show, it's time to tell a couple of people to shut the hell up. I'll tell you who. After a little throwback, Birdman, Wheezy, and Drake. It's the extra point. Four-hour champagne diet Spilling while I'm sipping I encourage you to try it I'm probably just saying that Cause I don't have to buy it The club owner supply it Boy, I'm on that flash I am what everybody in my past Don't want me to be Guess what? I made it I'm the mother man I just want you to see Come take a look Get a load of this, load of this Quit frontin' on me Don't come around And try and gas me up I like running on E.I. I'm on my Disney shoot, goofy flow On records, I'm Captain Hook And my new car is Rufio Damn, where my roof just go I'm somebody that you should know Get to shaking something Cause that's what drummer produced it for Yes, I make mistakes that I don't ever make excuses for Like leaving girls that love me And constantly seducing Oh, I'm losing my thoughts I said, damn, where my roof just go Top slipped off like Janet at the Super Bowl I got We certify getting it, CM, YM, cash money business, higher than the ceiling, fly like a bird, hit the Gucci store, and later get served, we smoked out, with no roof on it, them people passing, so we smash on, binding out, we keep the cash on deck, 
Lamborghinis and them bitches on the V-set. Louis Lens iced up with the black diamonds. Cartier, Ferrari, the new spider. No lie, I'm higher than I ever been. Born rich, born uptown, born to win. Fully loaded, automatic six bin. Candy paint pouring lights with my pen. Born hustling, too big, gonna size me up. Kept starting, more money. Every 24 hours, money in the power. Come, come to VIP and get a champagne shower. I don't have to worry because everything ours. And I got a big bouquet of Mary Jane's flowers. That I promise that's my dude, but we don't skip that Reggie push. And I'm with two women, make you take a second look. We popping like champagne bottles, but we never shook. And we gon' be alright if we put Drake on every And we're back to the Extra Point Show. All right, it's time to tell some people to shut the hell up. Starting off is Michigan Mike, Michael Hassel, wanted to, to make sure he let his feelings known that one, Carl, the hater Malone, the mailman, he needs to shut the hell up. Now, what prompted this from Michigan Mike was, a was first of all, your boy didn't want to do the documentary for for the last dance because you know Mike Mike basically stole on them in game 6 after he missed those two free throws which could have put them up by four points Mike comes down hit the two point shot then he comes back down <laughs> hits two free throws coming back down again Carmelo gets the ball stolen from Michael Jordan he goes down shoots the game winner series winner championship winner retirement walk off winner I'll get over it, Carl Malone. So Michigan Mike sent me this this um, this link to where Carl Malone was basically being dismissive of his airness. When they asked him about Michael Jordan, he says, well, I mean, you know, he's Michael Jordan. And then when, you know, they was kind of elaborating like, okay, well, you know, you, that's just it. You know, he was like, well, I lost to the Chicago Bulls teams. Like Carl Malone, like, look. Nothing that happened in that documentary is going to change how we feel about you as a player. We ain't going to put you no further up the list or no further down the list. You were just another Hall of Famer that lost to Michael Jordan. Give the man his props. Just say, hey, look, Mike, you know, he, he carried the banner for our, our generation. He was the top dog. I couldn't beat him. He cost me two rings. And if you can't say that, then you just need to shut the hell up, Carmelo. 
He was talking about, I was a bad you-know-what, too. Like, not bad enough. <laughs> not bad enough. Because I remember after that game six uh, clinch that, uh, that they said that the mailman didn't deliver on Sundays after how you choked away them final two minutes of that game. And that game was on a Sunday. And they said that you don't deliver on Sundays. So shut the hell up, Carl Malone. My shut the hell up goes to um, Nebraska Senator Dan, no, Ben Sass. Now, if y'all don't know who uh, Ben Sass is, y'all need to, to Google this. Because a school board member uh, in the state of Nebraska for the Fremont Public School System demanded an apology for his despicable graduation speech. And the word despicable was their word, not mine. A despicable graduation speech. In this speech, this man was so negative and so Debbie Downer that you really got to go see it. Make sure you, and it's, and it's Sasse, S-A-S-S-E, first name Ben. You can just type in Nebraska Senator and it's going to pop all up. Like, like a couple of things that he did. Uh, first of all, Michael Peterson, uh, who's a school board member for Fremont Public Schools, uh, he told, wrote on Facebook that the graduates, that they deserve better than Sasse's uh, online graduation remarks. The Nebraska senator um, made an eight-minute con- commencement speech for the Fremont High School and made uh, basically a joke-filled speech would include a criticism of China and the students themselves. He basically was like, um, and this is what Mr. Peterson says, the racism implying that our graduates are fat and lazy, disparaging teachers and attacking the mental health profession are despicable acts. Y'all, no lie. He did all of this in this clip. We don't have enough time for me to play the eight-minute commencement speech, but I'll get you a couple of hits out of it. Um, he said uh, basically things like, I want to congratulate. Oh, oh, here we go. Here's his quote. He says, uh, congratulations to parents, teachers, and coaches. But then added, and I quote, there, there's really, is there really any meaningful distinction among those categories anymore at this point? I mean, if you're a parent, you're a teacher. And if, you, and if you're a teacher, you're probably a parent. Thanks a lot, China. We're all teachers now. Like, what? What does China got to do with the commencement speech? Then he says, he makes a, a joke saying um, that the graduates will be asked to climb ropes in life. He says, if you don't get that joke, talk to your mom or dad. Back in our day, when we were a lot fitter than you people are, we used to have to climb ropes all the way up to the j- ceiling of the gym. Like, why are you talking about that? And why are you insulting the graduating class? Calling them, f- saying y'all were more fit than they are. Like, what are you doing? He went on to say uh, about uh, psychology. He says, 95% of all gainfully employed psychologists um, really just help people forget about high school before encouraging students not to major in psychology. I quote, that part's not a joke. Don't do it. Like, okay, what happened? Were, were, were you bullied in high school, bro? D- did a girl who went on to become a psychologist stand you up for the prom? Like, like this was, like, for real, this was a Debbie Downer uh, of a commencement speech, and thank God it was only eight minutes. So bad that the, a member of the school board is demanding that this public official apologize to the students. He made this whole thing about his miserable recount of what happened to him when he was in high school. What a loser. Shut the hell up. St. <laughs> Joe Day, it ain't about you. 
And students, if you want to go practice um, psychology, go ahead and do your thing. Don't let nobody uh, talk you out of your dreams. And with that, it's time for your boy to get to work. It's been a pleasure. I love y'all. See you next Friday. Peace. Extra, extra, you could read all about it. But let my boy PL tell you about it. Extra point, yeah, yeah. Extra point. Extra point, yeah, yeah. Extra point.